All right, God bless you guys, man. It's great to see you this morning at Faith Church. Thanks so much. I know it's a little crowded and a little tight, but man, I hope you all are excited to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith Church. It is really amazing to see our church continue to grow, people continue to come. If you're a guest here, man, it is our privilege that you decided to be a part of our services. We're glad you're here this weekend. We hope God really does something significant in your life that puts you on a journey to get closer to him. But listen, we're starting our second week in this series entitled Comfort Foods. Comfort foods, you know, man, we have a love affair with comfort foods, don't we? We have some foods that we love to eat, some foods that we enjoy. Come on, some of us here, I don't know what your favorite comfort food is. I kind of have a long laundry list of comfort foods. French fries, I mean, that's that, like, isn't that a go-to? Like, you can just drive through any drive-through, get a thing of fries, and you're just good to go. Comfort foods, maybe comfort foods for some of you guys, it might be some, uh, some macaroni and cheese, some cheese pizza, a cheeseburger, just some cheese. I mean, you know, just come from mashed potatoes, a piece of pie, a piece of cake, some Little Debbie's. I don't know who Little Debbie is, but if she's in heaven, I'm going to be sure. Like, here's, I'm going to look for Jesus and then Little Debbie. Like, I just want to thank her for all her ingenious things that help expand my waistline. Anyway, so, you know, comfort foods, man, there, there's a lot of, I keep mine kind of simple. I'm, I'm really simple. In fact, when I think of comfort foods, I just think of, of something that is um, sweet, something that's salty, and something that's cold. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things I could eat, and uh, there's a lot of things I <clears throat> do eat. But, you know, I mean, there's just nothing that soothes the soul, like just some regular chocolate. I mean, just if, listen, I'm just telling you, if you need a hug, right here, baby. Hershey's. And uh, anybody here like just some plain old Hershey's chocolate? Right here on the second row. And uh, another one of my favorites is a Kit Kat. Yeah. Um, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. You guys know this is perforated, right? This is perforated so you can share with friends. Yeah, I don't share with anybody, right? Anybody here like Kit Kats? So, and then, and, and here's the thing. So I like sweet things. I also like salty things. I hate to admit this. Gosh, I'm always way too vulnerable, and you all know my life. I don't just like sweet things or salty things. I like sweet things and then salty things. So like I eat something sweet, I'm like, I need something to kind of balance that out now. And you just can't go wrong with a bag of chips, especially some sour cream. Now, here's the sad part is, the bag that I normally eat couldn't fit in this bag. Have you ever grabbed a bag of chips, you open it up, and you just start eating, and you're just watching TV, and next thing you know, all you can find is the bottom of the bag? Isn't that sad? Anybody here like some sour cream? You can eat these in service. You won't offend me at all. And I saved my, the favorite for last. I'm telling you, my all-time favorite comfort food, bar none, is some ice cream. Ah, I... I now, I'm going to tell you, I bought this with every intention to hand this out with a spoon, but it didn't make it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I had a love affair last night. It was wonderful. So, hey, listen. So here's, here's a question I want us to think about as we jump into week two of Comfort Foods. Again, we have a love affair with Comfort Foods, but here's something I, I think we need to consider. What is it on the inside of us that makes us eat when we're not hungry? Because that really is what a comfort food is. We don't, we don't grab a candy bar because we're hungry. We don't think, oh, man, I'm famished. I just need a meal and go and grab some Lay's potato chips. Like we grab the sweets and the snacks and the salties just kind of for comfort food. Really, do you know what's going on when you eat comfort foods? You are trying to satisfy a longing on the inside of you that food can't meet. There are some reasons that people eat comfort foods. There are some reasons that people eat when they're not hungry. I I just thought this was interesting. I've experienced probably all of these personally. Number one reason people eat when they're, when they're not hungry is they're emotional eaters. 
Now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put your junk out on the boulevard. How many emotional eaters we got in the house? Like, you just have a bad day at work. You're a teacher, and you can't beat kids anymore. So, you know, you just, you just can't. And so you just go home, and the only way you can get the sweet release is, you know, through some potato chips or some, right? And so we just go through times where we're hurting or we're depressed or we're anxious. And the way we try to satisfy that is with comfort foods. Have you ever thought about that? Think about how odd that is, that there's something going on the inside of you, and you're trying to meet that need with food. Another reason people eat um, when they're not really hungry is because they're bored. I thought that was really kind of odd, because I, you know, I've done that as well. And here's really what your body, what your person is screaming, is that you know God created you with purpose and significance. God created you to live this life to the full. And when you're sitting on the couch watching your eighth hour of football, or you're watching, right, the fourth episode in a row of Twilight or whatever your thing is, and you're just bored, I want you to know your body's screaming out for purpose. It's really screaming out for destiny, and you try to, like, tell it to shut up with some ice cream or a bag of chips. Another reason, that, another reason we eat when we're really not hungry is, um, is just because other people are eating. Like, we've all done that. Uh, my son, you know, we, we went and grabbed dinner, and on the way in, he, we asked him, hey, are you going to eat? And he said, no, I just had a sandwich not long ago. I'm, I'm not even hungry. I'm not going to eat. We weren't in the restaurant five minutes, and the aromas are going, and all the visuals happening, and uh, we sit down, and he ordered. <laughs> he ate. Do you know why? Just because we eat sometimes with everyone else eating. Here, here's another one real quick. Another reason people eat when they're not hungry is, is for special occasions. So you show up at somebody's house, you, maybe you've already eaten, you're not hungry, but everybody else is eating, and they're like, okay, well, I guess I have something. But I want you to think about it. When God created us, God created our body to need refueled. God created us to need the fuel that we need to strive and survive. And so he created our body to, to facilitate and function. So the way when, you're, when your stomach gets hungry, it sends a signal to your brain that you're hungry, so you'll go and you'll feed yourself and you'll get refueled. However, for a lot of us in this room, we are eating trying to satisfy something that food can never meet. For all of us in this room, we've all done it, and maybe it's not food. We're going to talk about some other things today. But here's the thing is comfort foods, comfort foods have become a substitute for something far greater that God wants to do in our lives. And so I thought for today, for a few minutes, we could look at a conversation that Jesus has and talk about some things that Jesus said that helps get us to this place. But before we get there, I want you to think about it, that food is all the way through the Bible. Food is the mood of Scripture. I mean, have you thought about it? All the way through, we find food littered. If, uh, if you're familiar with some of the stories in the Bible, right, the conflict between uh, Jacob and Esau, the two brothers who are fighting for the birthright. Remember what it was about? What, what was at the center? It was food. God provided the nation of Israel. They marched through the wilderness for 40 years. God provided. God demonstrated that he was God by providing food. You get into the New Testament, and one of the significant events that happened in the life of Jesus with his disciples was the Last Supper. What did they do? They sat around and they ate food. Out of that, we get that as New Testament believers, as Christ followers, that we're to follow that example and we're to have communion together. Now, it's really a micro meal of a a packing wafer and some really sour juice, but it's food. Do you know if you go all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, the Bible makes it clear that part of heaven is going to be pulling up at God's banquet table for all eternity. So when you talk about scripture, you can't get away from food. But do you know it starts all the way back in the book of Genesis? 
All the way in the beginning, food is introduced in the beginning, and it's our appetite that gets us in trouble. Think about that. Your appetite, your hunger, the thing on the inside of you where you desire the delicious is what got Adam and Eve and still gets us in trouble today, that we have these longings, we have these desires. Every one of us in this room, there's things that we want, and we try to satisfy that longing. We try to fill those desires with things in this world. We try to fill our hunger, our spiritual hunger, with physical food. And most of us have found out Maybe you don't know what the answer is, but I think most of us in this room, we can admit that trying to fill our lives with temporary things is never really going to satisfy us. And so Jesus has a conversation here. Let me just give you uh, some backdrop. This is the story, one of the great miracles in the New Testament. They're all great, but this is one that's recorded by all four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's the story of the Hebrew Happy Meal. The Hebrew Happy Meal, it is the story of Jesus who is out teaching, his disciples are with him, and this crowd just begins to grow. It just gains crazy momentum. All of a sudden, Jesus turns around, and there's like 20,000 people following Jesus. And so he's teaching them. Now, if some of you guys are like, wait a minute, Pastor, isn't it 5,000? Some of you know this. It was 5,000 adult men, but there were wives there, women there, children there. So somewhere between the neighborhood of 20 and 25,000 people, they're following Jesus, listening to him. All of a sudden, in the back of the crowd, someone hears, and they're like, man, I'm kind of hungry. And everybody's like, I'm hungry too. We've not eaten all day, and everybody's starving, and they look around. There's no 7-Eleven. There's no Quick Mart. There's no grocery store. There's no food land, and nobody has any food. And so they, Jesus is like, hey, we're going to do something here. And so it's the Hebrew Happy Meal because he goes and he takes a little boy's lunch. Actually, it ought to be a Captain D kid's meal because the Bible says he goes to this little boy, takes his lunch. This little boy's lunch is five little rolls and two fish. Jesus does this supernatural thing. He takes this little boy's lunch and he prays. Prayer is powerful. He prays, he blesses it, and he breaks it. And this is the picture you have to get. He gives every one of his 12 disciples a piece of this, like, little, like, fish, filet of fish. I don't know if they had tartar sauce because that's what makes it. I'm not really sure. What's with McDonald's workers that they can't hit the sandwich? Have you ever noticed your cheese is like... They need to wear like a patch, like something's wrong. Just like, just put it, just hit. He's handing out these filet of fish. And so he goes, the disciples go feeding 20,000 people and they break off a piece and they look and there's like still, it's all there. And they break off a piece and it's like, it's still there. And they go and they feed 20,000 people. Everybody eats and they're like, oh, got toothpicks in their mouth. They collect the leftovers And there's 12 baskets left over. You know when they left the desert, like all the 12 baskets were still left there. You know how you leave the restaurant, you're like, oh, we left them on the table. They leave the the 12 baskets. And then Jesus, they're so amped up at what Jesus has done. They're so excited, like, wow, did you, can you imagine? Like he multiplied like a little bit of food and he fed all of us. And they're so excited, they want to make Jesus king. They want to elevate him to the Roman throne. And so in order to avoid that, because Jesus didn't come at that time to be king, he came to be savior. He didn't come to rule on a throne. He came to lay down his life. He runs. He basically avoids the people. And Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples, go to the other side. These people are looking for Jesus. Where did he go? Hey, where'd Jesus go? And they charter boats and they go across this little sea over to this city of Capernaum and they find Jesus. Now you got to get this picture in your mind. 
And they show up, Jesus is teaching in this little synagogue, his 12 disciples, and this huge crowd that's been following Jesus and looking for him shows up. Jesus sees the crowd, and you got to remember, now they're hungry again. They want a repeat performance. They want Jesus to show up and show out again and do that trick. Here's where the story picks up. This is how Jesus responds to their physical hunger. Check it out. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. This is so key. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. Jesus is like, hey, listen, the only reason some of you guys are following me is because, like, I'm showing up and doing some stuff in your life. The only reason you're really following me is because I'm meeting the temporary needs. And, and, and that's okay. In fact, some of you are here today because you have a need in your life. Maybe there's something going on in your home or something going on with your kids, something going on in your marriage, and, like, you just need help. And you've heard about God. Maybe some coworkers have told you about what God did in, in their life. And so you're here because you have this momentary need and you need God to show up. But God's saying, hey, I can do the, I can do the momentary. But God's saying, I want to do bigger than just something in the moment. And so he's saying, listen, you're, try, you're following me because you just want more food. But you're missing the reason for the miracles was because they were signs. Everybody shout signs. You know what signs do? Signs point us to something. And the reason Jesus had miracles in his ministry, yeah, he loved people. Yeah, he cared. Yeah, he he did all kinds of awesome things. But the reason Jesus did miracles in his ministry was to demonstrate and make sure everybody knew that he was the son of God. It was a sign that he was who he said he was. And the problem is, guys, at some point, and y'all got to hear this. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And if you have a need in your life, hear me, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing it to the one who can meet it. And I'm glad you're, you're hungry enough and humble enough to say, God, I need help. But hear me, at some point in your life, if the temporary need in your life doesn't drive you to the eternal hunger in your soul, we've missed the boat. Because God isn't just about meeting the temporary in our life. God is about meeting the eternal on the inside of every single one of us that exists. And so he goes on and he says this. Read it with me. So don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. He's saying, like, there's so many of you that you want the miracles of God, but you don't want the God of the miracles. He's saying, it's, and we are. What's the one thing that we're concerned about in this room? We're concerned about perishable things. We're concerned about our job. We're concerned about our income. We're concerned about our bills getting paid. We're concerned about all of these temporary things. And Jesus is saying, hey, temporary is okay. Like, you need to pay your bills, and you need to get a job, and you need those things. But he's saying, really, those perishable things, they're eventually not going to be here. So your main focus can't just be on satisfying your kind of short-term hunger. Our main desire can't be filling our life with comfort food. we got to get beyond the moment. And he goes on, he says, verse 28, watch this. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Keep going. Read it with me. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Let me just tell you what they're asking. They're not saying, like, how do we do the magic trick with the whole filet of fish thing? They weren't asking, they weren't saying, when they talk about God's works, they weren't saying, we want to do the same miracles you were doing. This is what they're saying is, Jesus, tell us the work. Tell us the stuff we have to do to get God to love us. What's the work? Like, what's the thing? 
And I want you guys to know that, man, there's, there's a lot of answers that church, like church will tell you, you better go to church and you need to read your Bible and we got a list of the do's and you better do some of this and you better not do any of this, right? We have this whole list of stuff. We have this whole thing of works. And this is a question everybody has and it's littered throughout scripture. There's times people ran up to Jesus and said, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? That's the question. God, Jesus, tell us, what do we got to do? Like, I'm hungry on the inside, and like, I can eat all the bread and fish all day long, but I'm still hungry. God, tell me what I got to do. Jesus, tell me what I got to do to really feel this longing on the inside of me. Tell me what I have to do to make a connection with God. Tell me what I have to do to be saved. And Jesus answers. I love it. Y'all read this with me. Everybody shout this out. Jesus told them, this is the, come on, say it. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe. What's he want us to do? He wants us to believe in the one he has sent. I just want you to know, I want to make it crystal clear today. There is only one thing that God requires of every single person in this room. There's only one thing that will fill your heart, only one thing that will satisfy your longing, only one thing that will refuel you for eternity. There's only one thing that will connect you to your creator. There's only one thing that will save you. There's only one thing that will make you whole. It's not churches and denominations and religions and do's and don'ts and commandments. It is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by faith and faith alone. Come on, somebody. That's it. That's it. So like if you're in the background and you're like, like, like I, I think like I'm kind of interested in Jesus, but I don't know if I'm ready. Like I think you should go to church. I think it helps to go to church. I think if you really serve God, I think eventually your life will change. It, it's inevitable. But it's not all about that. The only, there's one thing, only one thing that God requires of us, and that's to believe. That's to believe. So keep going. I love this. Watch where this goes. And they answered. <laughs> now, he just did a crazy good miracle. And they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. And he's like, um, like, remember the whole fish and loaves thing? Just before this, he walked on water. He's like, what else do you want me to do? He's like, you know, dun, 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 you know. Like, what else do you want me to do? I'm walking on water. I'm casting out demons. I'm, I'm, feeding, I'm feeding, like, multitudes of people with a little bit of food. Like, what else can I do? They want a sign. If we're going to believe in you, Jesus, you have to show us a sign that you are who you say you are. His life is littered with them. They just weren't seeing them. Verse 31, watch this. This is them still talking to Jesus. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. So these Jewish people are pointing back to their heritage and saying, hey, Jesus, like Moses, we believed in him because Moses, he provided bread from heaven every day for 40 years. Like the best you can do is one meal, really? Like 40 years of food, one day. Come on, Jesus, you got to step your game up. Jesus, Jesus straightens them out. Watch this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Jack. That's not in there, but I ought to put it in there. I'll tell you the truth, Jack. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. Come on, who gave him the bread? My father did. And now, come on, he offers you the true bread from heaven. Keep going. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. Keep going. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. 
Verse 35, I want y'all to shout this with me. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Say it, never be hungry, never be thirsty. Come on, say it, never be hungry and never be thirsty. I went several years ago out to Kansas City, Missouri to see uh, some friends of mine and we were out there and a buddy of mine, he set up this, uh, this trip, this kind of day thing we did and we had the opportunity to go to this really well-known place that served great barbecue and soul food. Like, and it was some awesome food. And you could go in, and depending on what side of the line you went in, you could go in one side, and you can get the barbecue food, or you can go on the other side, and you can get the soul food. I don't think anybody here has ever had soul food. I mean some real soul food. And I went through, and I wasn't really sure about some, but I had to try it. And I had some hog jaw, and I had some fat back. Oh, come on, somebody. I was like, I kind of like this. I wasn't really down with the chitlins. Couldn't do the chitlins. I couldn't do the pig's knuckles. There was some stuff there like I wasn't even going to put on my plate. But here's the thing. like, there, so, and they, there was this write-up on the wall of kind of where soul food came from. And, and I thought, and here's the thing is, and you all know this. When you go to a buffet line, do you know how you just stuff yourself? Especially Chinese food. Like you just like, oh. And then like an hour later, you're like, I can do, go do that again. Do you know why? Because here's why. It's because there is this longing inside of us. There's this hunger on the inside of everyone, this natural hunger. And you feed it and it just comes back. And you feed it and it comes back. And Jesus says, hey, there's another hunger on the inside of you. And you can feed it and you can throw food at it and you can throw relationships at it and you can throw success at it and you can throw money at it. And God says you can throw anything you want at it and you will never be satisfied. Jesus shows up and what he comes on the scene and he says in John chapter 6 verse 35, when he says I'm the bread of life, he's saying I'm the real soul food. You feed the physical need with physical food, but you can only fill and feed a spiritual need with spiritual food. And Jesus showed up to meet the need in every heart in this room. See, this life will never meet the contentment of the soul. Hear me, you can live the American dream. You can go to school and play ball. You can graduate and you can get top of your class and you can go on and you can get, a, you can get, a, um, get uh, all kinds of, of, of rewards and all kinds of scholarships, whether it's an academic or sports. You can go in and get the degree. You can go to the school of your choice. You can graduate and get the job you've ever dreamed of. You can meet the person of your dreams. You can have the two and a half kids, white picket fence, a dog and a cat and a cow. You can have everything you want. You can retire one day with a beach home in, uh, in, in Florida. You can have everything thing you ever wanted. But hear me, none of those things will ever satisfy the longing of your soul because only one thing can meet it, and that is the bread of heaven. It's only Jesus Christ himself. That's it. And so here's what the Bible says, Psalm 34. Man, I love this. Watch this. Everyone read this with me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God is saying that really this longing on the inside is something that he can satisfy, but you have to make a decision to taste and see that God is good. But I have found out, man, that a lot of people, and I have done this in my life for a long time, and still at times I find myself reverting back. I, I just do this, where like I live, a, I live a, like an empty calorie life. You know what empty calories are? Empty calories are when you eat stuff and it really has no nutritional value. And we just eat and eat and eat and eat, and it just doesn't really do anything for us. How many people do we know 
How many people do you know? How many people in this room, maybe you're it, that you're living an empty calorie life? And like maybe you're consuming things maybe nobody knows about and like, you know, it's dark and everybody's away and you close the door and you open your laptop and you jump on some porn site and like you're just trying to feed this longing on the inside of you. And you can feed it, feed it, feed it. It's just always hungry, man. You can't feed the beast enough. And some of you, it really is food and like you're broken inside and there's some stuff that happened. You're just trying to feed it emotionally, feed it, feed it, feed it. Some of you are chasing success and man, you're at a dead run to hit the six-figure mark a year, to get some title. And I'm telling you, you can chase the contentment of this world all you want, and it will never satisfy. And Jesus shows up, and he says this. He says, hey, I'm the original soul food. I'm the only one that will satisfy you. I'm the only one that can fill you up. I'm the only one that can really give you the content that you long for. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I've shared this before, not on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, but there's a story. This guy, his name is Paul Tillich. Paul Tillich was a very liberal theologian um, about, uh, about 70 years ago. And he traveled around really doing a lot of damage to the church in America. He traveled around. He talked against the resurrection. He talked against the miracles. He talked against a lot of the teachings that Jesus taught. And one day at a type of camp meeting, he was sitting out in this field, and all these people gathered to listen to Dr. Tillich talk. And Dr. Tillich just for about three hours went on just railing against why the resurrection wasn't true, why miracles weren't true, why you couldn't trust the Bible. And finally, as he's winding things down, there was an old farmer that stood up in the back of the crowd, and he had a lunch bag. And he reached inside of his lunch bag, and he pulled an apple out. And he took a bite of his apple. And he's chewing, he says, Dr. Tillich, these books you've mentioned, I've never read them. And these people that you say, these other great scholars, I've never heard of them. And these things that you say, I hear what you're saying, and he's eating this apple the whole time. He said, but I have one question for you. And he takes the last bite of the apple, and he sticks it in the bag. He says, tell me, Dr. Tillich, my apple that I just ate, was it sour or was it sweet? And Dr. Tillich says, well, sir, I couldn't tell you whether your apple was sour or sweet because I didn't eat it. He said, neither have you tasted of my Lord. Because when you taste Jesus, hear me, not religious games, not church, not keeping rules, but when you come into and you have an experience of believing who Jesus is, I'm telling you that will change you forever. It will satisfy you in a way nothing in this world ever could. Taste and see. Come on, say it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I just want to issue a challenge going into 2016 that we move from empty calorie living into being fulfilled by the one who came to satisfy in a way that no one else ever could, Jesus. He goes on, Jesus, he says this, I love it. Jesus makes this comment about his menu selection. This is, he is the original kingdom, carbohydrate, the bread of heaven. This is what he says. And John, listen to this. Then Jesus explained, this he's, he's talking about his menu selection. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Jesus says, hey, you know what fills me up? You know what cranks my tractor? You know what satisfies me? Jesus says the one thing that really fills the longing in my life is to do the will of the Father. See, here's what we need to know is, is that a relationship with God, it starts with an experience that leads to an experience. Our first experience in really satisfying us. I'm telling you, drugs won't do it. Keep smoking. I've been there. 
empty and see all the bottom of the bottles you can see. When you get finished, you're going to want another bottle. Jump from bed to bed to bed. It's good for a moment. It'll never satisfy. They will never satisfy. Chase the corporate ladder. It will never satisfy. Jesus says the one thing. Like, have you ever had an itch and like you itch there and then it like moved? Like it itches there and like you just can't scratch it. Jesus says there is a, there is a desire for the delicious. And God's like, I, I put it there. And I know exactly what you need to fulfill it. And we live this life chasing all this stuff, trying to scratch the itch, fill the need, satisfy the desire. And a lot of us, we're here, and if we're honest, we would say, man, Pastor Steve, I'm, like, I'm still hungry. I'm missing something. I'm not satisfied. And that's why Jesus showed up. Jesus did not come to be a religious leader of a world denomination. Jesus came to be the one thing that satisfies the longing in the hearts of men and women. And he says, if you'll taste and see, if you'll taste and see for yourself, you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again. Come on, I'm going to say, you'll never hunger again and you'll never thirst again. You'll never hunger again, and you'll never thirst again. But we got to come to this place. And so it's an experience. When you come and you put your faith in Christ, it starts. But then, come on, the way you keep being satisfied is this right here. Come on, for all of you that have been in church, you're like, Pastor Steve, I ate that loaf a long time ago. I buttered it up. I gave my life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus, March 19, 1989. But you know what keeps getting me filled up and filled up and filled up? My nourishment is like, God, I just want to serve you. You know what satisfies me? It's satisfying him. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Y'all want to know? Pull in, pull in. You don't have to do stuff to get God to love you. He already loves you. I don't do anything I do to get God to love me. I do what I do. I live my life the best I can, sold out for his kingdom. See, I want a big church. Not so everybody's like, look at him. Oh, what a great pastor. What a great priest. What a great, whoa. No, man, I just want to say, God, it's all for you. See, I serve him, not to get him to love me, but because he loves me. And man, listen, I'm, I'm a, when I leave on a Sunday, like I have mixed emotions. And I appreciate all you guys that are like, Pastor Steve, man, great message. It really means, that, that's sometimes helpful. But I'm just going to tell you, there's times, man, I leave and the devil's like, that was awful. You should just quit. <laughs> I'm like, I know, right? My gosh. You know, I could have just stood up and juggled balls and it would have been more entertaining, been better. And then there's times, hear me, listen, where I just know. Now, this is, this is just my story. We're like, I don't, know, I don't care what anybody thought. God, I said what you wanted me to say. Like, I did what you wanted me to do. And God, I don't care what an audience of a couple thousand people think. I did it for an audience of one. And God, I can lay my head on my pillow at night satisfied. If you're here and you're hungry, and you are. It's natural. It's how God created you. You can eat at the buffet line of this world all day long, and you'll just keep going to get back in line until you eat of the bread of life and live your life on the nourishment of the will of the Father. You'll keep getting hungry. And so I want to invite you to fill the desire that God gave you with his presence. Will you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I'm so grateful, so grateful, so grateful that, God, you knew what we needed and you provided it. 
you knew that when you created us, you created us with a hunger that this world could never fill. And Jesus, you came to satisfy the desire, to fulfill the longing. And so, Father, I pray for people in this room, hear me. If you're chasing stuff, if you're honest enough, maybe you never put it in these words that you were hungry. But man, as I'm preaching today, maybe you're saying, maybe you can see it for the first time. Maybe you can say it for the first time. Man, you're trying to satisfy longings that this world never can. If you're here, you say, Pastor Steve, man, I, I just, I just want to fill myself up with God. I, I want to I taste and see him. As we close this service today, I think the best decision you can make if you've never made it is to say, I, I want to give my life to Christ. See, here's why the Bible says that all of us are sinners. All of us have sinned. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have fallen short. And our sin, our disobedience separates us from our creator. It separates us from God. See, hell is real, but God doesn't hurl anybody to hell. What separates us from God now and in eternity is we've refused to choose the bread of life. We've refused to put our trust in the one that came to save us. So we're sinners that are separated, but Jesus came to forgive us. And all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is say, I believe I need help and I believe Jesus is the one who can help me. And in that moment of faith, you're taking a big bite of the bread of heaven. And so if you're here all across this room, you say, Pastor Steve, will you pray for me, man? Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I want to satisfy the longing in my heart. Today, I want to find his forgiveness all over this room with no shame in your game. Listen, on the count of three, I want you to throw a hand up. One, if today's your day, you want to say, Pastor Steve, I want to give my life to Jesus. Two, all over this room, throw a hand up. Three. Come on, real high, real high, real high. One, two. Come on, throw it up. Say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. A lot of hands, a lot of hands. Come on. If there's a longing on the inside of you, only Jesus can fulfill it. Just leave it up real high for one minute. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Listen, for all the rest of us, if you've been in church for a while and again, again, you, you're like, I got this. Hear me, I want to invite you to start the daily menu selection of doing the will of the Father. You know what makes you grow up? Really, what makes you grow is the right nourishment. And if you're already in a, in a relationship with Christ, if you're already a Christ follower, you know God's called us to grow. And what's going to make you grow is getting the right nourishment in your daily diet. And that's doing the will of the Father. And so all across this room, hear me. I just want to challenge you to start really serving God. Don't serve a Sunday Savior. Follow. Follow him every minute of every day of every week. For all of you that raise your hands, I want to pray with you. And the Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we'll believe, just like Jesus said, we'll believe, we'll put our faith in him. The Bible says through that we'll be saved. And so I want to invite you, if you lifted a hand, I want you to pray this out loud. And we're going to pray this together as we close this service. Say, Jesus, I believe that you alone can satisfy the hunger of my heart. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again from the grave. And because you live, I live forever in Jesus' name. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for forgiving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord today? Yeah! Come on, church.
Come on, church.